You know, DeMichael, I thought I was turning over a new leaf. I thought I was going to go into the season and be happy-go-lucky. Nobody wants to hear me yell for 30 or so minutes. Nobody wants that vibe, especially on a on a happy-go-lucky Thursday. But no, it's not going to be happy-go-lucky to Michael because ESPN and injury reports and all of these other things, they just want to frustrate me and make me upset. You're going to have to talk me and calm me down. They Michael. want the old Joe, man. Oh, gosh. They, they want the old Joe back. Well, they're going to get him on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I really was trying to be calmer. I really was trying to, ah, woosah. I was trying to do all those things. I hadn't yelled in a long time. We'll see if I'm still able to. Maybe I can channel it better to Michael. Maybe I can keep my analyst hat on and not be as angry or upset. We'll see how I do on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Thank you, dear listener, dear viewer, for checking us out. However you are checking us out, whether it's on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax, joined by my wonderful co-host, to Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. To Michael, how are you, sir? I'm great. You know, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I was wondering how we we're going to fit all this into 30 minutes. Uh, and I feel like I'm going to play two hats today. But Joe, you know what? You, you, you show your anger a little bit more than me. I kind of. You are the cool hand my, Luke of our yeah, camera. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a lot going on that, that I'm kind of. You know, I'm kind of a little iffy about too, but but you know, I, I I let you, I let you, you know, you kind of express it for both of us sometimes. So well, yeah. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you kind of guide that because you're allowed to be angry too, to Michael. You're right. You know what? I'm mad that I get so mad so often. You have an opportunity today to kind of lead that anger, and that'll probably come later on in the show, I would imagine, because this first part is hard to be mad at somebody who uh, is recovering from uh, whatever is ailing Marcus Smart. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. DeMichael, let's lead off going into tonight's game. Obviously, the Grizzlies play the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Uh, This game is on NBA TV, if I'm not mistaken. We'll preview the game. And again, we don't talk so much about the opponent as we do the Grizzlies here in the preseason. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But somebody that we know that will not be playing in the game, someone that's gotten an update recently in terms of his health, is Marcus Smart, apparently better than Desmond Bain. Marcus Smart, which is absurd, and we'll talk more about that here in a little bit as well. Uh, ESPN has some explaining to do. But I do think that it's important to lead off this episode because it, you know, it's not a silly player ranking that's clearly trying to generate content conversation. You know, it's not a preseason game preview, which they're important, but the most important thing is what's going to happen on October 25th on opening night. Right. Having that Grizzly starting lineup out there and a healthy roster to start the season as healthy as you could possibly have it, especially considering the John Moran suspension. What are you hearing? What is the latest on Marcus Smart? not playing in this one is he gonna see any preseason action at this point yeah it's it's a legit question 
I mean, you, you look at where we are in the preseason now. This will be the Grizzlies' third preseason game, mm-hmm. and Marcus Smart will have missed all three. He missed the open practice on, on last Saturday. Then he missed the first game on Sunday, Tuesday. Now he's missing Thursday. And what I've gathered is we know that the Grizzlies like to operate on the side of caution. Like, that has kind of been their MO for a while now. Very much so. And, and you double that caution when you factor in it's the preseason. And, you know, again, when I was talking to people out in Boston, when they were talking about Marcus Smart and his injury history and things like that, a lot of people will tell you out there that he gets banged up quite often. Hmm. It's it's not unfamiliar to see him deal with these type of injuries. Uh, this is abdominal soreness for some of the from you who probably you know, may not know that he's right. dealing with. But uh you know, he dives for loose balls. He hustles. Uh, he gets, you know, just he, he won the Hustle of the Year award. I think last year, the year before that, one of those years, he's a great defensive player because of that hustle. And the detriment, you know, the negative side of that is sometimes maybe when he should pull up and just let the ball go out of bounds, he goes flying into the bench and, you know, goes to get the ball. So uh, you take the good with the bad with that Mark Smart, but there is some injury, you know, uh, concern there. But when he's on the floor, he's going to give you 100. I mean, uh, so I think that's – maybe it's the Grizzlies kind of holding him back from himself in a way too. Mm. But here's where we are, Joe. This is why it's concerning. It's concerning because you got two preseason games after this left. You got Miami, and then you got a nice little gap there before you play the Milwaukee Bucks. Usually that last preseason game is sort of like your dress rehearsal, right? I mean, not your dress rehearsal. Uh, the second to last preseason game is usually your dress right. rehearsal. Uh, the last preseason game, you you throw out, you know, Jacob Gilliard, uh, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr., Michael Mulder. All those guys are going to get extensive run, potentially. But that game is coming up on Sunday, and talking to Taylor Jenkins, uh, he's definitely, again, as I said uh, on yesterday, he's definitely not playing today. Marcus Smart it is. But they're talking about uh, potentially a ramp-up period with him and kind of bringing him along, you know, over the course of the week. Uh, as Taylor Jenkins said, yeah, they still have some time to go, which in terms of the regular season, yes, they do. But if the goal is to get him back for the preseason, you're probably looking at Marcus Smart playing – uh, it, possibly Sunday, but it's leaning towards the last preseason game. And if that's the case, uh, do you play the other starters with him? I know some people are going to want to shut Jaron down after uh, this game or Desmond Bain down after the fourth preseason game. They're not going to want to see those guys uh, in a meaningless preseason game five days away from the regular season open. So you got a weird situation here, particularly because of Marcus Smart's role on the team. Yeah, the schedule is strange to close out the preseason, and I've I've followed the team for a while. Obviously, I know you followed them as well, DeMichael. Um, They play tonight, as you alluded to. Then they have a couple days off, play on Sunday, and then they don't play again until Friday. Now, usually I I agree with you that you treat that second-to-last preseason game as the dress rehearsal. You know, you get Jaron 30 minutes. You get Desmond Bain 30 minutes. They play into the second half, maybe even play a little bit in the fourth quarter. but because of that structure, do you think maybe they they sit out the coming Sunday and almost give them like a full week of practice and rest and maybe that Friday is treated like the, the dress rehearsal? I'm just not sure. It, it's such a, a unique mm-hmm. schedule as there's it less is. games in the preseason. Uh, they still have that ramp-up time like you talked about. As a coach, I'm intrigued to see, obviously, beyond Thursday, 
how he handles its two games and basically uh, uh, what a 10 or 11 day period. It's almost like yeah. an, a, a football schedule for right. a basketball team. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I just, I just know the blowback that a coach would get. If you're talking about five days for the regular season, you go out True. there and play your guys 25, 30 minutes. I, if it's up to me, again, when I say some of these things, I try to get into the mind of Taylor Jenkins. Uh, in my mind, I think you play, mm-hmm. you know, you're starting because of the five-day gap that you mentioned, you know, from uh, playing Sunday to I think it's Friday when you play the Bucks uh, in Milwaukee, right. the last preseason game. Uh, so that, that's a decent mm-hmm. gap to, you know, we talk about ramping up guys like Steven Adams, Derrick Rose resting here and there, and all these guys. Uh, it's the perfect opportunity for those guys to get rest on the week and you continue to build up for the regular season. So it makes sense to me. Uh, I wonder if Taylor Jenkins will go in that direction. If he does, then that's good because now you have more opportunity, more time to get Marcus Smart at least one preseason game. I I think a preseason game, you want to see one. And what Taylor Jenkins said uh, after practice on yesterday basically was, you know, sure, they want to get Marcus Smart out there. But, of course, going back to the caution where he said they're not going to get him out there if it comes to the detriment of his health. And it's almost impossible for them to get into a rhythm anyway, right? Like if he can't play Thursday, then it probably doesn't make sense for him to play Sunday because he plays one game and then he's off for five days. Maybe they just do shoot for that Friday game and say, this is going to be our chance to go all in a little bit and see how we do. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like I said, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with Marcus Smart. I don't see, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of rushing him along because of that lack of rhythm. That's not going to happen now that he's not going to play, you know, today into Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. It's just a strange alignment, a lot of downtime, a lot of off time. And then they're jumping right into the schedule. Obviously that's going to be a shock to the system a little bit. So how you handle that as a coach, is going to be really interesting to see. Something else to Michael that's going to be really interesting to see cool. is how you and I react to ESPN's NBA rank. I think number 50 through 11 came out uh, recently in their top 100 or so, and there's all sorts of problems with it. The largest problem has to do with somebody who was ranked the day before. I think he's number 61. And Desmond Bain being the 61st best player in the National Basketball Association mm. Is quite the take to have in this year of 2023. We're going to talk about that and far more next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about giving FanDuel a shot, you most certainly should give it a try. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is extremely easy to use, fun with a lot of different options for betting, including various spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We are talking the ridiculousness that is ESPN NBA rank next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media. I have a piece that went live in the last day or so about Zaire Williams. You can check out over at Bluff City Media. Joined by my co-host who has tons of pieces going live all the time, 
over at the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. His name is DeMichael Cole. Between DeMichael and myself, you have come to the right place for Memphis Grizzlies content each and every day as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Grizzlies. DeMichael, let's put aside, you know, actual logic when it comes to discussing basketball for a moment. And let's bring up ESPN because ESPN has this thing called NBA Rank. And I do want to read specifically from the NBA Rank uh, item here because it is important to stress what they're actually ranking, right? This was part yeah. of my conversation that I was having earlier uh, yeah. with a couple of folks on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, the, the purpose of the conversation was me initially being mad about the ranking of John Morant. All right. Yeah. And where John Morant was ranked while understanding that they take into account, and this is again from NBA rank, not just quality of play, but also quantity, right? The amount that they're going to participate, the amount of games they're scheduled to play in. John Morant naturally behind the eight ball in that regard because he's not going to play a ton this coming season, at least compared right. to other players, because of the 25-game suspension. However, he fell all the way down to number 35. There are players like Paolo Banchero and uh, Brandon Ingram that were rated in front of John Morant. I think that's asinine. Like, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But predictably, for those that follow my work and uh, my my Joe, Joe, say 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 that again, just in case some people some people may not have heard what you said. What 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 number is John Morant ranked? Number thirty five in the entire National Basketball Association <laughs> on NBA rank. Now again, they're they're he was ranked how ninth. much he's going to play and how how active they think he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. he was ranked literally number nine last season. Dropped twenty six spots. Uh, so this ranking is designed for – they're getting out of it, just by you and I talking about it, exactly what they want, right? Like, we're, we, I fell into the trap. I'll take responsibility for it, although it sounds like you're mad about it too. So that's good. Um, you're probably more mad about the John Morant thing, and I'll let you yell about that here in a second. I am, oh. infu I am infuriated at the fact that they rated Desmond Bain number 61 in the National Basketball Association. That means they think there are 60 people that are going to have better 2023-2024s. That's a lot Desmond of people. Bain, including newly minted member of the Memphis Grizzlies, Marcus Smart, who is at number 59. So there's over 150 people that are participating, and there's all sorts of different opinions. Tell me you don't watch the Memphis Grizzlies without telling me you don't watch the Memphis Grizzlies. Have a overarching ranking where Desmond Bain, who should not be outside of the top 40 players in the NBA. Let, I let, you could, let me say some of these names. It's Joe. ridiculous. Let, 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 say them out loud. This is, this, is, this is some of the names that are ranked above him, and one stands out to me, but I'll get to that last. Okay. I'll save that one for last. By all means, uh, be mad. Germ I want to hear you Jeremy, Jeremy Grant is above That's him. Ridiculous. Draymond Green in the year of our Lord 2023. In the year of our Lord 2023. Better Josh, than Desmond Bain. Josh Giddy. Wow. Aaron Gordon is riding that championship high, apparently. Ooh, good for you, Aaron Gordon. The recently traded DeAndre Ayton, who is not good enough to be the starting center of the Phoenix Suns because he doesn't fit a star-studded team. And makes too much money. Never's played a game, Victor Wimbanyama. Ne Say that one again. 
Never played a game. Victor Wembanyama. Never I got, played a game in the National Basketball. I got two more. I got two more. I can't help myself. Here. Well, I got three because CJ McCollum was ahead of him in the That's year of our Lord, twenty twenty three, and I, I maybe in twenty thirteen when Desmond Bain was thirteen years old or something. But here, here are the two that stand out to me, and these are good players: Chris Middleton, oh, Chris, man. Chris, Chris Middleton. Now. Uh, the same, happening? the same guy. If we're talking injury, who you know, right? Was, yeah, uh, we can really count on him being. Who was there. pretty much never healthy last season, and still hasn't played a preseason game uh, with the Bucks. But the and last one, now that, the number three guy on his own team. The last one that stands out to me <laughs> is Tyrese Maxey, only because he's a good player, right? He's a solid player. But here's the thing. Tyrese Maxey, what what number did you say Desmond Bain's ranked, Joe? What number? He's at 61. 61. Now, haven't we, over the summer, didn't we say Tyrese Maxey and Desmond Bain, it's a good – I think we used Tyrese Maxey as if he gets a max contract, Desmond Bain could use that and say – or vice versa. Like, these guys are pretty much – comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Same draft class. Tyrese Maxey is 19 spots. He's 42nd. Desmond Bain is 61st. The, the league basically thinks there's a gap between these guys. Well, not the league. ESPN. ESPN me, thinks there's has, a gap. Has, has a gap uh, between these guys, and um, it's a considerable one. <laughs> I I don't fully understand it, Michael. And I'm going to be honest, looking at this, uh, <laughs> again, there's a lot wrong with the list, right? Like Zion's ranked number 57, Zion Williamson. Obviously, that's ridiculous. Um, and they do take availability, account, man. The availability, availability aspect, but again, you, you here's what they say about Desmond Bain, okay? And this is why he could exceed his ranking. This is from Tim McMahon at ESPN, who apparently went to Media Day, asked one question about John Morant, and then maybe left almost immediately after. I'm not gonna, you don't have to speak to that, to Michael, whether or not that's true. Maybe you want to debunk that rumor. I know you work with Tim McMahon, I'm not gonna put you out there. I don't work with Tim McMahon, so this is from Tim McMahon. This is Joe Molinex saying this. After I read this, not to Michael Cole. I want to stress that. I don't want to put my partner out there in an awkward spot. This is me, not to Michael. Okay, so I'm, this, is, this is what Tim McMahon wrote. Elite shooters whose games are as well-rounded as Baines are hard to find. He joined Steph Curry and Kevin Durant as the only players in the league to average at least 20 points, five rebounds, and four assists while shooting better than 40% from three-point range. It's a good bet that Bain, 25 years old, will keep getting better. The scoring rebound and assist averages have increased significantly each season. Well, let me ask you this, Tim McMahon, riddle me this. Where did you rank Desmond Bain? Because the way you just read that, it sounds like we should see him not as good as Kevin Durant, not as good as Steph Curry. No one's making that argument, but he's a hell of a lot better than number 61. And something tells me you didn't have him ranked that high because you are doing that right up and you could have had an opportunity with your connection to the Mavericks to see them more consistently. And yet here we are Desmond Bain ranked behind Marcus smart, even reading that paragraph and then saying he's the number 61 player in the NBA makes me want to pull what little hair I have left out. And I think he took the angle of why he could, you know, he could get higher because right. I, Although I he's think, already really I, freaking good. I, I think Tim McMahon has Desmond Bain higher than that. I, I would like I, to think so. I think you know it's a poll and it's a lot of ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, of people involved in it. And, okay. You, know, T, you mentioned Tim McMahon covering the mask, but he's basically you know ESPN's the Southwest support. Division yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. He so yeah. he's around a decent amount, and you know he he uh he thinks. 
Pennsylvania is a really good player. So uh, I'm not going to put that one. Uh, All on right. Him. But I trust uh, the job. The, the job one is a little bit different. Yeah. You go ahead and go. Uh, no one for a couple. You know, I, 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 the is yours. I, I had a chance to to text him a little bit, and you know, he, he he's not shying away from the the jaw of ranking on, on this list to say the least. And uh, you know, the twenty five game suspension stuff, it makes sense that he fell on the list. I I completely get that part. <laughs> but Joe Mullinex, consider the criteria. Joe Mullinex. Ja can play 12 games next year, and I still wouldn't put Palo Pantero ahead of Ja Morant. There's levels. Like, I let's let me just list some of the names. These, these uh-huh. are some of the guys that are ranked ahead of Ja Morant here. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I, I can give you that one. And if we want to talk about availability, totally stable guy. He's totally yeah, stable. Yeah, totally yeah. Stable. And, and I will, I'll be nice and give you that one. But Mikael Bridges. I mean, we we for half a season we just seen him get a feature role, the, the role that we've seen Ja play pretty much his entire. I'd career. rather have him than Ja Moran, obviously. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Jalen Brunson, who, hmm. uh, anyways, I uh, I tell you what, that guy that that New York market has some sizzle to it, no doubt. Jer- Jared Jackson Jr. is ranked ahead of Ja, so I mean, uh, that's an that. interesting topic for but, a future episode. But you got Trey Young. You got Laurie Markkinen, like these breakout guys. Laurie Mark- Markkinen. Brandon Ingram, the guy who who couldn't even find a role on Team USA. Uh, Drew Drew Holiday, I, I I love Drew Holiday's game. I won't I won't argue too much there, even though offensively it's 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 not close. Uh, and then you know you got names like De'Aaron Fox to start to come in. Demontis is Drew Holiday the? You can make an argument. Drew Holiday is the fourth best player on his own team. You can. You can make that argument. And Christoph Porzingis is healthy. You can make that argument. You can. Depending on how uh, turned <laughs> up you want to get on it, this locked on Grizzlies, you can make an argument. He's the fifth best player on it, his own it's, team. It's Desmond Bain and John Morant, I guess, are underrated players on a national mm. level. That's what I got from this. And I mean, I didn't think that was, especially with Ja, you know, I didn't think that was possible. But you, you know, the 25 game suspension. That's why I'm with you in terms of you thought I had more of a problem with Jaws ranking, but actually I'm with you. I have more of a problem with Dez's ranking mm. because Dez is everything you want in a shooting guard. He's efficient, he's a three-level guy. He he improved going to the rim of uh, this past season. He improved as a defender, and so far in preseason, I don't know if anyone saw this, but Desmond Bain has been really good defensively so far in the preseason. He is what you want in a shooting guard. He is the makeup of a shooting guard in today's game. Only thing you can nitpick at is he's not an elite isolation scorer, you know, at this point of his career and probably won't ever be that guy. But that does not exclude him from the top 50 in the NBA, in my opinion. The ESPN, you're confusing me. I think I saw Kevin Pelton ranking his system that he does that had the Grizzlies as the number one seed potentially in the Western Conference. Uh, and then – you go and the number one seed potentially in the Western Conference, who's been the number two seed over the last two seasons in the regular season, a top five team in the NBA over the last two total years, apparently does not have a player inside the top 35 or 30 in the entire NBA. Taylor Jenkins should be head coach of the millennium. He, he should be the greatest coach in the history of basketball if the Grizzlies are this successful and they just don't have the talent that other teams have. I'm being facetious. The Grizzlies have talent, and it's just not appreciated the way it should be. 
But let's get back to focusing on that talent on the floor here, partner. We're going to finish up this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Talking Grizzlies Hawks, as we've mentioned before, it's a preseason game. We're not going to get too deep in the Atlanta weeds. What do we want to see from Memphis coming up on kind of national television tonight? We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts of Bluff City Media, also of SB Nation from time to time, talking with my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. And you are listening to Locked On Grizzlies. I'm not as mad anymore after the break. I took a little yeah, bit of a breath. Cooled off a um, little bit. I, I rubbed my earlobes a little bit, did a little woo-saw action, and I'm I'm good. I'm calm, and I think I'm ready to talk about Grizzlies Hawks. Now, again, not going to focus as much on the Hawks. No disrespect to the Hawks. I love the Locked On Hawks episode or show. I think they do a really good job over there. And I, I think It's the that- preseason, man. It's also important to point out it's preseason. I don't think Atlanta really cares about the Hawks yet because the Braves are still in the playoffs. I know they lost to the Phillies. Hey, 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 uh, hey, 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 I'm not going to go too far down there. We're not. We're not going down that rabbit hole. Yet. We're still we're coping. Right, we're coping still. And I, I'm a Nationals fan, so I don't have a horse in the race. I wish both teams could lose, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, I think my point is, I think the the focus is not on the Hawks just yet, right, if it ever right. gets there. So we're not going to focus on the Hawks either. We're going to focus on Memphis. I know you talked a lot about Zaire Williams yesterday. I wrote about Zaire. He's a continued kind of focus of ours as the preseason goes on. What else are you looking for from the Grizzlies as they enter into this big game against Atlanta, as big as a preseason game can get, trying to figure out who that fifth starter is, more rotation stuff, that sort of thing? Pretty much the same thing for me. I mean, it's it's the wings. I think we know what you're going to – get from the guards at this point. I think you're going to have Desmond Bain. You're going to have Luke Kennard. You're going to have Marcus Smart. You're going to have Derek Rose as four, your four main guys. And we'll see a, a potential fifth guy sprinkled in every now and then. But those are your four main guys who will soak up most of those minutes. We know that Jaron and Santi will get most of the minutes at the four. We know mm-hmm. that X and Steven Adams will get most of the minutes at the five. We know all of this. The only thing we don't know is who's going to start at the three, who's going to get the backup minutes at the three, and we still don't know that. Talking to Taylor Jenkins, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, do we know if other guys are going to get an opportunity to start yet? We've seen, uh, you know, uh, these two guys, Luke Kennard, get a start. We've seen Zaire Williams get a start. What about David Roddy? What about Jake Ravia? Jake Ravia scored, what, 15 and 16 in two mm-hmm. games? Roddy hasn't scored at that level, but he's been efficient. Uh, I think he shot four of six in one game, four of eight in another game. So he's playing efficient basketball so far, and he's playing solid defense. So will they get opportunities? I, I've seen some people said uh, to me that Roddy has actually been the most impressive. Of, of the of the small forwards, when you rank the three guys, uh, Roddy, Laravia, and Zaire, uh, so I want to see if one of those guys is Roddy going to get a chance, is Laravia going to get a chance, and even if they don't get the starting chance, uh, you still got two more preseason games after this. So can you kind of create a performance for yourself that'll make Taylor Jenkins give you a chance going forward? It's all about the wings for me, Joe minutes and how they're distributed i agree with you on the wings and it's kind of fitting against atlanta right whether it's the wing guru or magic city yeah. or, it is the wing battle the it's the wing battle yeah um I, I think that that's fitting i i want to see who's playing with who right i want to see how they have zaire how they use him we've seen some facilitation things with him in the pick and roll that i know you've pointed out and others have pointed out as well 
uh, getting him some chances as a secondary facilitator. That's really good to see. I'd love to see how they continue to use Xavier Tillman because I want to put this out there. I got into a bit of a brouhaha on X over this. I, I like Xavier Tillman. I, I think he yeah. is decidedly better than Kenneth Lofton Jr. at this stage. The point that I like to make when discussing Tillman versus Lofton Jr., as I've talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. and I'll probably write about it at some point in the next few days, the point is Lofton's offensive potential, the fact that he is a walking bucket. Mm-hmm. It's not as much about fan perception and liking him. Trust me, if if there is one person who follows the Memphis Grizzlies and who is Grizzlies media, if you want to call me Grizzlies media, if there's one dude who doesn't care what people think, it's me. Yeah. Right, 100%. I have I have proven that time and again, probably to my own detriment on numerous occasions. All right, so my point with that is, as Lofton Jr. improves, what has been my marching orders the entire offseason heading into the season to Michael? The half court offense has to improve. You have to be able to score. If X does not improve his offensive capabilities, and Lofton Jr. keeps growing as a defender. When does that gap close? Maybe it never does, but how they try to cover up X's offensive limitations. Because once this team is healthy, and I tweeted about this or posted about this, whatever the hell it's called now, if he's out there with Kennard and LaRavia or Williams or Roddy and Aldama, him not scoring doesn't matter as much, right? That's not something Derrick Rose at the point. Like you've got four, yeah. you've got four yeah. dudes you'd rather shoot the ball than X on the court. And X can just be that defensive-focused guy who's he's really good at it. So how those guys continue to kind of get used together, helping each other, getting comfortable around one another, especially with Rose and Smart is still out. A lot of these guys know each other really well, but mm-hmm. really kind of how they mix and mingle and try to mask deficiencies and accentuate the things that one another does well, that's what I'm really kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, I like the way you put that. And just thinking about, you know, this bench unit, uh, we're going to talk more about it as as we kind of get an mm-hmm. idea of who will be where and things like that. But I think the Grizzlies have the potential to have a really good bench this season. Right. Once we see those pieces fall in place, it'll make more sense. I think, you know, those parents, we talk about Derrick Rose being on the floor with a guy like Luke Kennard, and then you got to have a really good wing defender on the floor with those guys. So what has to be Zaire, yeah. Yeah, whether it's Zaire coming off the bench or it's John Conchard or, or Jake LaRavia improving as a defender to the point where the Grizzlies trust him in that situation, right. whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Uh, but I feel like the Grizzlies can – can throw out like three or four guys on the second unit who could potentially average double figures. I think Luke Kennard probably be the only one that actually does, but right. Derek Rose can hover around there if given that amount, you know, the amount of minutes uh, to to do that. Or, you know, a guy like Jake LaRavia, we've seen 16 and 15 points. Like you give him the minutes, he's going to shoot it. And now that he's shooting it, uh, the points are going to come in bunches for him as well. Santi Aldama, we saw it last season. Uh, he can score the basketball. He'll shoot it. So they have some offensive talent on that second unit. And I think once we get a better pitcher, this game against the Hawks will kind of help give us a clear picture of that too. But we'll be able to kind of really dive into what this bench could potentially look like. And this game will be another step towards that, especially for those younger players. It may not be as important for Steven Adams. To be honest with you, it's not even as important moving forward for a Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. I've seen yeah. enough. Those or even Derrick Rose, like all, all yeah. those older guys, yeah. Yeah, those, I've seen enough, especially from those guys. I'm ready to see 
more from those younger players and the cream rising to the top. I'm going to keep an eye on that myself. And that's something that I'm sure I'll talk about on our next episode of Locked on Grizzlies. DeMichael will be there in uh, – it is at home, right? I don't want to miss No, 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 this is in Atlanta. That's what I thought. Yeah, yep. see, it is Magic City. See, I caught yep. myself. So yeah. you you might be a bit. We'll see. Well, you know, it, maybe you'll last minute. Maybe you want to go get some wings, right? Um, but anyway, uh, you know, whether it's me, whether it's us, however the case might go, obviously we'll be breaking down Memphis at Atlanta. But see, that's why you ask questions, to Michael. Want to make sure I didn't get that wrong. Uh, wanted to uh, take a look at that game from all angles, break down rotations, how the team is being at used. Hopefully, there's no injuries to discuss. I do think that we'll save a conversation about the GM survey, which yeah. came out this week. Um, that might be a good thing to talk about on Sunday, partner. Um, and, and we'll save that for that time so you and I can dive deep. Because there's a lot of good Grizzlies nuggets in that one. Um, some some interesting points to discuss. That might be a good uh, Sunday focus. And we have a game coming up. We have a lot of stuff we can talk about here on Locked on Grizzlies. So make sure you are staying locked in with us However you are taking in the show, make sure you're rating, commenting, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all those fun things wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. For the wonderful DeMichael Cole of The Commercial Appeal, I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media. Stay locked in. Go Grizzlies against the Hawks. We'll catch you next time here on Lockdown Grizzlies.